Amen. Uh, after the massive storm we had last Wednesday, I'm going to go ahead and minister what was on the agenda. Hallelujah. And talk to you about the most dangerous fear. Turn to somebody and tell them the most dangerous fear. But before we do that, let's uh, quote 2 Timothy 1.7 again. Say it with me. My God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you see this? When you're not in fear, you're operating in power, you're walking in love, and your mind works the right way. Yes, it does. Amen. And how many of you really like to do more than just say no fear here? You like to see it be a reality in your life. How much fear? No fear. It's not necessary for you to have fear. The world would tell you, religion would tell you that a little fear is good. You know, it could help protect you. You don't need fear to protect you. All you need is a word from the Lord. Fear is not necessary for you to walk in the provision and the protection of God. Um, now, it's important that you learn to recognize the latent fears that might be there, the phobias that might be there. Uh, some of you are very much aware of the, the really big things that come after you, but sometimes you forget about the little ones. In fact, sometimes you just make excuses for the little fears. But I can tell you this, the devil doesn't need a very big window. And it won't just stop with that little fear you think that's so little or insignificant. So if we're going to truly say no fear here, we're going to have to deal ruthlessly with a fear that seems to be everywhere. And write this down in big capital letters. The fear that is everywhere is the fear called worry. You say, why would you call it the most dangerous fear? It's because it's the one that is ignored or excused or rationalized. When a believer ignores or excuses or rationalizes something, it becomes very, very dangerous to them. For example, if God's convicted you of a sin and you rationalize that sin, what's going to happen? You can click your heels and say all day long, this won't hurt me, this won't hurt me, this won't hurt me. But if you're one of those fools out in Appalachia and you want to prove your faith by handling a rattler, amen, because you're such a person of faith, and that thing bites you, you can say all day long, there's no venom in the snake, there's no venom in the snake, there's no venom in the snake. And a lot of these people have what? They have died. They'd say in faith. No, they, would, they died of stupidity. Faith had nothing to do with it. Uh, taking up serpents in Mark 6 is not an invitation to take up snakes to prove how much faith you are. It's a, it's a protection, a provision of protection scripture, much like Paul had in the book of Acts when the viper reached out and bit him. And what did he do? He had to shake it off. But he didn't go looking for a viper to prove how much faith he had to the islanders. In the process of doing his ministry, he was protected. Well, it's very important you understand that you can sit there and say to yourself, this doesn't hurt me, this doesn't hurt me. But you saying that and believing that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt you. Well, sin is like that, but so is fear. The problem with, with, with worry is it is something that is so ingrained habitually in people that it's something that's so natural to not just people in the world, but people in the church that it is, it is a lifestyle. It, it, is a, it is a latent fear that has become a lifestyle, and the only one that can judge it and remove it from your life is whom? Is you. But you can't make excuses for it. You can't rationalize it away as no big deal. I'm going to say it again. The devil doesn't need a very big opening. 
what you don't realize is there are more things coming in that corridor of worry than you know, than you realize, that are damaging, that are dangerous to you. Let me put it to you this way. In the Garden of Eden, when they sinned, what happened? Their eyes were open to what? Good and evil, but guess what came with it? Fear, and immediately they made coverings, and they didn't make coverings in faith. They made coverings in what? In fear, and they hid from the Lord, not in faith, but in what? But in fear. There's the entry point that shows you that fear does not bring you closer to God. It pushes you away from him. And not just the fears that, that make you go, you know, things go bump in the night and things that freak you out, but latent fears like worry. Here's the problem. Scripture tells us over and over again to fear not. Jesus dealing with Jairus and Jairus' daughter, he said what? Stop the fear in the Greek. What did he say? Just believe. Look at somebody and tell them, stop the fear. Just believe. The problem is that you cannot be plugged into faith and fear at the same time. It's a very simple principle. Say it with me. If I plug into fear, I have unplugged from faith. If I plug into faith, then I have unplugged from what? From fear. Now, uh, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord about how far to take this in terms of instruction and teaching. But I want you to understand that every day of your life, there are only going to be two choices in terms of your lifestyle. You're going to get up tomorrow and function in faith, or you're going to get up and function in fear. There are only two drivers, two motivators. There are only two things that will push you in life. And one is a spirit of fear, and one is a spirit of faith. That means that every day we're either talking in faith or talking in fear. Thinking in faith or thinking in fear. Acting in fear or acting in faith based on where we are. And things that we do, the choices we make, the things that we say to people, how we respond to them, every single day we're either doing it in fear or what? Faith. And if you are a worrier, I know what a few of you are thinking, right, you're worried about what I'm going to say tonight. And you're thinking you should have just stayed home. Amen. <laughs> no, you need to be here. Because let's say you've got all the big phobias taken care of and you're dealing ruthlessly with the spirit of fear, but you have accepted worry as just the way things are. Well, that's, I'm, I'm just a realist, Pastor Art. That's just the way things are. Listen, you don't want to accept anything the Lord told you not to be in. Worry is a manifestation of fear. And it is a fear. Insecurity is a manifestation of fear. You don't want to live that way. You want to be what? People of faith. Watch this. Uh, you probably, like me, have looked around the body of Christ and you've seen that, uh, regardless, at a local level, state level, national level, international level, you've probably noticed God's blessing and hand on people's lives. Say, wow, God, you're using them, you're blessing them, whether it's in business, through entertainment, the arts, and ministry, whatever it is, I can tell you they all have one thing in common. They have mastered walking in faith. Now, what does that mean? It means they mastered not walking in fear. These people do not live in fear. They live in faith. Which also tells you something about them. If they're not living in fear, then they have something operating in their lives that drove out that fear. And what's that thing called? So it tells you not only are they people who we say, well, oh boy, they're great people of faith. Look at the results. Look at the fruit. Look at the victory. Look at the peace. Yes, let's peel, let's peel, peel the curtain back a little bit. If they're, if, they're, if they're walking in faith victoriously, what are they not walking in? In fear. 
So they're not getting results because of what? Because it's just God, they're God's favorite people. You know, they just happen to be, you know, God's blessings is on them, you know, this person or that person or this group or that group. No, it is the fact that they're not in fear, which means they're in faith. But they're also people of great what? Love. These are people that have taken a licking and keep on ticking. These are people who've been beat up, run over, abused, misused, spoken ugly about, went through hell on earth, and guess what they did? They came out on the other end loving. And how many like to have great results in your life in every Raise your hand if you want to see God get, bring great results in your life. You're going to have to master faith, which means you have to unplug from fear, and you can't unplug from fear unless you're walking in what? Unless you're walking in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. I saw a clip of, of a pastor. I don't know this gentleman, but um, he's, he's done some great things in the kingdom of God. And uh, he was speaking kind of informally. I, I assume he was talking to his church. I don't know, but a lot of you felt the same way. He'd been doing it a long time, and he, he made this statement. He said, you know, he goes, pastoring is hard. How many of you know doing anything in the will of God is not easy? Right? Whatever you're called to do, you're called to do it. But this is what he said. He said, pastoring is hard normally. And if you don't understand why, then then call me. I'll explain it to you. <laughs> uh, pastoring is hard because of some people, not the ones that are here tonight. Can I have a better amen than that? Yes, amen. <laughs> and he went on to say, pastoring in a pandemic is just ridiculous in terms of his difficulty. And I can understand where he's coming from there. And then he said, pastoring is hard enough. In a pandemic, it's even harder. He goes, in a building project, in a pandemic, pastoring is just over the top. And I thought, you know, he, he's speaking truth. Uh, 20 years ago, we finished this. A lot of ministers, after they build something, they're gone because the burnout has set in. Are you here tonight? And it affects, you know, people or people. It affects ministers. It affects people in the business realm. It affects people out there in government. It affects people in law. It affects people in medicine. I mean, I understand you can get burned out doing anything, even if you're called to do it. Does that make sense? But then he made this statement, and, and it's just, it's stuck with me both as an encouragement and as a challenge, and I want to challenge with this tonight, because say this with me, I either plug into faith or fear. Not both. If I'm going to stay plugged into faith, then I'm going to have to have love on the active ready. No matter what you go through, if you want to stay in faith, you have to stay in love. What's another way of saying this? The moment I step out of love, I've stepped into fear. And I've just compromised my ability to walk in the blessing and the victory of God. So it will be the moment I step out of what? Out of love, I stepped into what? In the fear. And you'll find out that every snide comment, every action, every reaction, everything that is done that violates God's word, every sin against God, every sin against people, you know what motivates it? You know what's behind it? Fear. Why was Job sacrificing routinely for his children? He was afraid they'd done something stupid. Now, you can believe God to protect your children through the scriptures and through the covenant of the word of God, but not what? 
not through fear. When you, uh, when you live this way, you have, to, you have to understand this principle that, that everything that, uh, that you do originates either from what? Faith or fear. So when I step out of love, what happens? I'm operating in fear. Here I am, coming out of love, stepped into the fear, but because I blocked myself from that understanding or I've never had that revelation, just lift your voice and say, God, give me revelation on faith and fear and love. Come on, say, give me revelation. Because you're not going to be hindered by somebody else's fear and you're not going to get victory, amen, without dealing with it in your own life. It's going to be what you do. You work out your own, what, salvation with fear and what? And trembling. Now, we're not talking about fear of, of man or even being a, a, having a fright of God. We're talking about deep respect and reverence at what? That causes you to ultimately obey the Lord. Because you honor him, you obey him. That's the principle. Funny thing is, when I fear the Lord, guess what? I don't walk in fear. I walk in faith. I walk in peace. I walk in victory. So revelation has to come that when you step out of what? Out of love, you stepped into fear. And that's why you can see people pulling all kinds of garbage in the name of the Lord because they stepped out of what? Out of love. I watch these people and they're, oh man, they're great people of faith. But then you peel it back a little bit. You say, you know what? I don't see an ounce of fear in them. And then I have to ask this question. Why don't I see an ounce of fear in them? You know what the answer is? Because no matter how they are treated, no matter what they go through, they will not stop loving. Now, I'd like to tell you that I've arrived. So don't try me because I haven't. <laughs> but, but I'm getting there. The revelation is getting there. And, and here's, here's what he said. And I hope this ministers to your heart because God can heal you of anything. Listen, and God can accelerate healing, even in the soulish area. Here's what he said. He said to his church, I've gotten to a place, he said, why I don't heal as fast as I used to. You know what he was talking about? He wasn't talking about a callus or a corn or a bunion. He wasn't talking about a broken bone or a heart that needed to be re you know, replaced with a valve or, or a stent in the bar. He wasn't talking about an issue with a stroke. He wasn't talking about a problem with his kidneys. He was talking about what? He was saying, I do not heal emotionally as fast as I used to. And my friends, that is a danger, danger warning light for you and for me. The longer you live, if you're not careful, the longer it takes for you to heal. It's good to know that, but then we have to do something about that. You know, in essence, what's going on? What's going on is fear has come in, and the love walk is being compromised. And what we have to do is go back to the place where God can accelerate that healing again. Because if that does not happen, we can't possibly come out of fear. We can't possibly walk in faith when we stop the process of being healed. Now raise your hand if you've ever been seriously wounded since you've been a Christian. Come on, raise your hand up high. No apologies here, no shame here. We're not going to ask you to tell the story and we want to embarrass the person in this room and hurt you. Because they could vary what? And it could be anywhere. Could have gone anywhere. Could have been in your life at any point in time. Raise your hand again if you've ever been hurt seriously as a Christian. Now, how many say it took some time to get over that? Yeah? 
if right now you're on the trajectory where it's taking more time to get healed, you're on the wrong path. You're on the path of fear, and you're on the path of unplugging from faith, and you can't expect to get results from God. You know, the Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. You, know, you want to know why it's sin? Because it's in fear. And you've been commanded to what? So now fear. Well, I'm not going to get healed of this because, you know, you know, so-and-so, that rascal is going to hurt me all over again. I'm, a, I'm afraid they're going to do the same thing. Huh? Say it with me. Afraid they're going to do the same thing. Say, well, Pastor, when are you going to go back on worry? Well, apparently the Holy Ghost has something he wants to deposit into your heart tonight as a foundation because worry is just a manifestation of this. Uh, if... It's taking you longer and longer and longer to get healed emotionally. It's a warning sign for you. Amen. And you know, the world doesn't care, and, and individual believers, they've got their own thing going on. At the end of the day, if you don't care about walking in victory and receiving everything God has for you and walking in your destiny and anointing, nobody else is going to care. Amen. Uh, I used to be a pastor. Still am. I mean, I used to be a pastor that thought I could turn anybody into a great leader. And then one day it dawned on me after doing this for many, many years, lightning fast mind, it dawned on me that not everybody wanted to be. <laughs> and some that wanted to be were not willing to pay the price. They, I'll put it this way. They, they wanted to be a great leader until pastor had to correct something. And then they changed their mind about wanting to be <laughs> a great leader. Amen. And so I just thought I could take, I can turn anybody in as a great man or woman of God, just give it enough time, enough word, enough influence, you know, praying in the spirit and then dealing with stuff and guiding and bending them a certain way. And glory to God, guess what? Ain't true. Because it's not about my decision to walk in victory. That person has to have an abiding decision to walk in victory today and tomorrow. And I can tell you, wherever you see people in a ditch, wherever you see Christians taking wrong turns, wherever you see people messing up, wherever you see them getting into strife, wherever you see them getting into blown up wars, wherever you see that, all that tells you, if you'll just step back, is that person is not healing like they used to, and they stepped out of love, and now they're in fear, which is a much bigger deal than the hurt is. Amen. But hey, nobody can make you stay in the place of hurt. Nobody can force you to stay in fear. Amen. It's a decision. Now, I'm not going to ask you to, to share your story tonight, but some of you could say, yeah, I've been through some things. And, uh, and if you go through a series of things, and if you live long enough, guess what? There's a real devil. And did you know that people really serve him? And did you know that some believers are tools of the devil? Amen. And the design is to somehow get you in a place where you get hurt, you get bitter, you get offended, you come out of love, you come out of love, and guess what? You immediately step into fear, your faith's not going to work for you. So here you are, a faith person. Say, I'm a faith person. And nothing's working. Why is that? Because you're really not walking in faith if you're not walking in love. Faith worketh by 
love. Do you see the triangulation the Lord has put in the scripture between love and faith and fear? Do you understand this? Uh, faith worketh by, is energized by, produces by, by love. And it won't produce any other way. So if you're the devil, what do you want to get people into? Strife, amen, bitterness and offense, which are all tied to a walking in fear. Come on, say it, no fear here. If you're really going to be able to say no fear here, you're not going to be able to have any offense there either. Right. Offense is proof that fear is there. Bitterness is proof that, if, that fear is there. Amen. Uh, hurt is proof that fear is there. Um, one of the most challenging things that, that we ever dealt with was back in well, 1990. <laughs> uh, we were over in the domes um, at that time. Everybody say the domes. And uh, we were actually in, in, uh, in Georgia uh, as associate pastors and youth pastors. And uh, this particular ministry had opened up, and they were looking for a pastor. And about 1985, over in the domes, I was seeking the Lord about my life and what he wanted for me. And he made it clear about ministry, but then he also made it clear in that same night. Everybody say the same night. How many understand that when a Lutheran falls under the power of God and no one's around, it's probably God? Uh, Lutherans don't do courtesy falls. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> don't want the preacher to feel bad, so I'll just fall out and act like the power of God hit me. Um, the power of God hit me that night after praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, for a couple hours, just going around and around and around over there, and it'll always be a very special place, uh, you know, for me. And when I was back up like this on my hands, uh, the Spirit of God just said, you know, uh, uh, I've called you to pastor this church. And my first thought was, you know, Brother Darrell was here. I said, Lord, we've got a pastor, and he's a pretty good one. Uh, having no sense of time, no sense of call, preparation, and being sent. Well, that's not uncommon for us. Some of you have had that same problem. I've had that conversation with you. You try to get ahead out there, and it's not going to work for us. So just relax. You're not going to miss anything. Turn to somebody and tell them, you ain't going to miss nothing just waiting on God. But you can blow everything apart by getting ahead of him. And, uh, you know, so ministry opened up. Uh, we applied for it. And uh, this, at that time, years and years ago, and none of these people were here, so we, can, we don't even have to mention the names to protect the innocent. Amen. They're just, they're just, they're just gone. Some of them with Jesus, you know, and some of them are just gone. You understand what I'm saying to you? Um, but so that you understand that everybody goes through this, and it's a decision whether you're going to heal fast and walk in victory or not. Come on, say, I'm going to heal fast, stay in love, walk in faith, and get great results. And um, so we, we did, and uh, initially there, were, there was no interest even looking at, uh, at my resume and talking to us, and eventually they decided to talk to five people, and they talked to five people and decided that uh, they'd give three a closer look. And then uh, what they decided after that is they were going to you know, select this one gentleman who was a friend of mine. And uh, he uh, calls him back and he says, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't come to this ministry. Uh, you know, somebody else there that you're looking at uh, is supposed to be the pastor there. And this is a very, very sage minister of the gospel. He knows what God's called him to do and he knows what God has not called him to do. And so at that particular time, um, it was myself and a gentleman named uh, John. He's, I think, in the Ohio district, if he's not retired now. Um, 
they decided to, to put my name and his name in a hat. Now, listen to what I'm saying to you. There was a rough patch before this process in that ministry. It can happen anywhere. Everybody say rough patch. Uh, how do you understand when the Holy Ghost came, there's no, there's no need to cast lots anymore. Shoot dice. Pull names out of a hat. Draw straws. After Judas is replaced, guess what? There's no more straw drawing. Some of you are still stunned that a New Testament born-again spirit-filled church would do such a thing. Four of the five individuals that were involved in this verified every detail of this story, just for your, your knowledge. Uh, I don't know what, what the deal is with the other one, but uh, they picked my name out of the hat. And then they put the name back in the hat. Then they called the other gentleman. And the other gentleman on the other line said, I'm not supposed to come. It's the other gentleman supposed to come to your church. Uh, yeah. How many understand the Lord sometimes will write on the wall? Watch this. But if you're operating in hurt, you can't see. You can't see the immediate stupidity that you're operating in. Any, any born-again believer, spirit-filled for a week, would have said, really, guys, a hat? Really? This is really? But when you are what? When you're not healing fast, you're in fear. It's impossible to handle anything correctly like that. So I believe the word... Calling me reluctantly is probably the best way to say it. Reluctantly, they called. We preached in the morning at night, and God moved at a powerful time. And that night, they're going to have a little vote, which you do in a poly like ours. And, and typically, you look for two-thirds. You vote for a, for a position of, of senior pastor. And the first time they did this, it was one vote short. Um, there were at least 10 to 15 people in that church that hadn't been to church in five, seven, ten years, but showed up for what? Showed up for a vote. Our, uh, our district official who was presiding thought this is something wrong with this, so he did it again. Seven or eight of those people that, that voted the first time, they thought it was over, so they left. When they counted, when they counted the votes, it was the same vote. One, one shy. Everybody say, hurt people, hurt people, then hurt people, then hurt people. Say it with me. I, I, say it with me. I recover. I heal supernaturally fast from mental wounds, physical wounds, emotional wounds. Say it. I heal supernaturally fast. Because if you don't, you'll be in fear. You will not walk in love. You'll not walk in the blessing of God. Amen. So uh, we're, we're now supposed to come out and, uh, and say something. <laughs> Fun time. So that night, Kelly and I and a few of the board members were in the, the second dome and we were walking out. Uh, you know, if you've been over, you know where the restrooms are and you know where the, the first dome is. And so we're just walking like this. Kelly's behind me and somebody's in front of me. And, and the Spirit of God just says, stop. And I did. I stopped. And I remember this like it was yesterday. She ran into me. 
when I stopped. I didn't say, wait, whoa. <laughs> I just stopped. This person walked on, and then all three of them behind kind of just you know, ran into each other. And he, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, be very careful what you say when you go out there, because the very next thing you say will alter their destiny and yours. That's pretty heavy when you think about it. I'm talking about just, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, we'll get over it, whatever. Somebody asked me one time, what did you feel like doing? I felt like I needed an Uzi, you know, in the natural. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I, I don't even remember how old I was. How old? I was 26 years old, and that's what the Spirit of God said. I know people that are my age right now and older that still operate from a place of non-healing that could not possibly have handled that situation. You see what I'm saying to you? If I say the grace of God, the mercy of God. So when I went out, uh, all I said was it's obvious that you're not in unity. You're not in a position to go through this process. Um, You know, Kelly and I will be praying for you that you will find God's will and God's leader you know, for this church, and that was it. That was it for my communication with that situation. That was just the start of a wound that would have taken out 99.999% of the people I know in ministry. You say, why? Because this was her church growing up, and it was where I was discipled as a college student. In other words, we literally were rejected by, by our own. And right now, some of y'all are thinking that your wounds aren't nearly as severe as that. And some of you might be thinking, well, your wounds are nothing compared to what I've been through. You know, we can compare all day long. It doesn't matter. It's the wound that the devil tries to get you stuck with. That's what matters. And to each person in this room, that's different. You see what I'm saying to you? Um, but uh, so how many of you ever seen those Our Daily Bread little booklets from Radio Bible Class? They're pretty cool, aren't they? Some good devotions in there, and really, you put them with your Bible. Our church years ago would, would hand those out. I saw them the other day, and I think we're going to start uh, getting those uh, subscriptions again for you, pass them out. But uh, they always had a, a caption at the top, and a scripture, and then a little devotion. <laughs> and the caption, now this is October 1st. The vote was September 30th. We went back to Nashville that night, and we're driving the rest of the way the next day back to Savannah. The one-word caption said rejected. The day after. And that wasn't even the worst part. The scripture was the worst part, and he came to his own, and his own received him not. And it was that day I learned the, the Spirit of God has a sense of humor. Amen. And And here's where we get, if you're not careful. Do you know that your healing is going to come from the Word and the Spirit of God? Every time. But if you're not careful, you'll look for every Tom, Dick, and Harry to sympathize with you, to stroke that thing, to agree with you in the offense and the hurt and the wound. Huh? All that does is prolong the, the process. And if people don't do that, it just makes you even more offended. I can't believe, blah, blah, blah. In that entire situation, one person, not even close friends of mine, called us. One person 
called us after that event. And that was the man who was the pastor for me here in college. And he called the very next, very next morning and just spoke some encouraging words and, and blessed us, that kind of a thing. Now, the reason I point this out to you is I want, I want to go to higher level, and I want you to go to higher level, too. But you can't go there with your hurt and your wound. You're going to reproduce what you are, not what you say. If you're a bitter, wounded, belligerent, amen, offended person, that's what you're going to communicate. That's what you're going to pass out. That's what your atmosphere is going to be. And all of that is in the umbrella of fear. Amen. Faith and love on one side, guess what? Amen. Fear, defense, and bitterness on the other side. Now, I thought a lot about since I heard this man say that. You know, honestly, how how you doing on this? Um, do you still heal quickly, or do you not heal as quickly as you used to? And I realized I just got one more thing to praise God for. Because I realized that I am still healed just as fast as I was back then. Not minimizing any of it. And I just posed the same question to you tonight. You know, ask yourself an honest question. Are you, are you, are you still healing at the same pace? Are you not recovering as fast as you used to? Because I'm going to tell you something. The opportunities for offense aren't going to stop. I mean, this whole world, this nation, lost in their binging and Netflix and lost in their smartphones and lost in their technology and, and lost in everything, wouldn't have thought that somebody would ever do what Putin is doing to a completely innocent nation. I heard the Russian foreign minister say these words when he was asked, when are you going to stop the aggression? He said, when we denazify that entire country. Denazify it. You're the ones that blew up the Holocaust, you know, marker today. You're the ones that are persecuting the Jews in various regions of the world. You want to say, hey, foreign minister, do you know the president, duly elected, is a Jew? Who's the fascist? The fascist is the one coming over the border. The fascist is the one that killed a six-year-old girl, his six-month-year-old brother, Ivan, his mother, Irina, and the baby's grandparents for doing nothing more than driving by some of these soldiers today. Amen. What is going on? This world is nuts. We can't put you in a little bubble and say you're never going to be hurt again. But you can make up your mind. Guess what? I'm staying in love. Say it with me. I... And staying in love, no matter what anybody else does. Say it with me. I recover from mental hurts. I recover from physical hurts. I recover from emotional hurts supernaturally fast. How can you tell if you're not? One of the telltale signs of a person in fear produced as a result of the wound and the hurt is they got to pull everybody they can into that hurt and wound. It's a fear fest. And wherever you have that going on, you have the manifestation of the devil himself. Amen. Raise your hand if you had enough manifestation of the devil. 
Come on, raise it up high and say, you know what? I'd rather have the manifestations of the blessing. Aren't you glad today that you've been redeemed from the curses? I love what, uh, what the faith to faith said today about the fact that the curses are there. And in Deuteronomy 28, 16 through verse 68, guess what? Jesus has redeemed you from every single one of those curses. What you have are the blessings coming up on you and overtaking you. But if you're operating in fear, it'll shut you down. But I'm worried about money. I'm worried about this country. I'm worried about war. I'm, I'm worried about COVID. Have you noticed that COVID was supernaturally erased from this planet over a week ago when they invaded it? Did you know that the mass mandates were dropped just yesterday, just in time for the State of the Union? It's a miracle. And all of a sudden, Kelly just told me, stay in love. That's why he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. For the longest time, I called it a sweet thing. That was her name. Sweet thing. He who finds a wife finds a, a thing. <laughs> yes, amen. Stay in love. I already told you all I haven't perfected this yet. Amen. But you're dealing with, you know, a world that, that, that masters strife, which means the master is in fear. And we grow up in this mess. And the Lord is, is trying to do something in this place. Everybody say this place. What's going to happen if all of us drive every ribbon of fear out of our lives? What's going to happen? You're going to walk in the blessing like you never have before. You're going to see results like you've never seen before. Because where you don't have fear operating, you have faith flourishing. And the way you can always tell is, how's that love walk doing? So what you end up doing is saying, you know what? What they did, what they said, how they handled that. That stabbing in the back, that betrayal, them running their mouths, them pulling a bunch of people into bitterness and into strife, guess what? They're not worth the blessing. Come on, say it. They're not worth the blessing. Don't you dare compromise what Jesus died to redeem you, to give you, amen, and to bless your life. Don't you dare let somebody, because of some problem or issue, cost you God's best for your life. Just love them anyway. Amen. Come on, say just love them anyway. Hallelujah. You, you say, well, they should, they should change first before I love them. That's not the command. It does not say love your enemies if they change. <laughs> what, what version of the Bible are you reading? It doesn't say love them. It doesn't say pray for them if they changed. It doesn't say do good to them if they're nice. And do good to you. Amen. The principle is they haven't changed. But you choose to do what? Love them. Amen. Say it with me. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. Do good. Well, this, is, this is getting up tomorrow and consciously doing this. Because ever so often, something's going to come across your mind... And you want to yield to the spirit of slap at that moment. Amen. Say it with me. But what am I going to do? I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. And not, not a prayer, sick them, God. That's not the kind of prayer he's talking about here. Just sick them, get them. Pray for them. Bless them. What does that mean? 
It means to say good things about them. It means if you're in a conversation and the name comes up, what do you do? Well, I join them in what they're saying because I just want to be friendly with them. I don't want them to alienate me. If I don't say the right thing, they may shut me out. No, what do you do? You bless them. You want to stop somebody gossiping about somebody? Just start blessing them. Well, how do I do that when they did this or they said that? I tell you, because because if you, I don't care what somebody's done, there's 99% of them has still got a lot of good virtue in them if they're a Christian. And all you're looking at is what? All you're looking at is the one thing or a couple things they have done wrong, and you're defining them by the kink, see, in their armor. Their humanity armor. They're not perfect yet. They're not fully glorified. And you're evaluating them through that one thing. That's a dangerous place to be. No, we'd say what? Say it with me. I'm in faith or I'm in fear. If I'm in fear, I'm out of love. If I'm in faith, I'm in love. So what am I going to do? Watch this. You, how many like to heal supernaturally fast from any offense, any hurt, any wound? I don't think we should be getting hurt in the church. Are you kidding me? You thought you were walking into the you know, perfection? And if you did, you ruined it when you came in. No. So you're going to have to have biblical tools to deal with this stuff. Make up your mind the blessing of God is more important to you than holding on to anything. So say it. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to what? I'm going to what? I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do good for them. Amen. Say it with me. Pray for them. Bless them. Do good for them. You want me to do something nice for them? What did Jesus say that would do? Like <laughs> Creflo was telling this story about a man on the radio that criticizes him every single day for hours on end. And then this man was involved with a project in town that needed money like yesterday and the whole thing was falling apart and guess who sent a check? Creflo sent a check. Then the man called him, crying his eyes out. I can't believe you did this. What did that tell him? I'm not the man that you're talking about. You're talking about somebody that doesn't exist. Then Kreflo said a couple months later, he went back to slamming me. I guess he had to get his ratings back up or something, something like that. <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Do good. Amen. Hallelujah. You love him? Say it. Love him? Pray for him. Bless him. Say good things. And do good things for them. Now, if you can't or won't do that, it means you're actually in fear. And the whole thing is going to come to a screeching halt in your life. Amen? Worry just being one of the apex fears that will manifest in your life. Constantly afraid, constantly in a, in a state of, I don't know what's going to happen, what God's going to do, how are we ever going to get out of this? But listen to me carefully. Do not ignore, excuse, or make excuses or rationalize any fear in your life. Say it with me, any fear. Don't rationalize any fear. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand list, but is it, is it possible you're here tonight and you're really struggling with somebody? There's a wound there. There's a hurt there. Amen? 
Say this with me. If I am in unforgiveness or bitterness or offense, it's because I am in fear and not faith. It's a much bigger issue than you think it is. Amen. How do we receive? We receive by faith. Once you enter into fear is marked by a lack of love, everything shuts down. Turn to somebody and tell them, you've come too far. Come on, tell them, you've come too far to get out of faith now. Say it boldly, I forgive everyone of everything they may have said or done, didn't say or didn't do. I'm not their Lord. It's not my problem. Not my responsibility. Say it. I forgive them. I release them. I choose to walk in love. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Love is what activates, energizes my faith. Without love, my faith shuts down. So I love. I forgive. I walk free in Jesus' name. I release everyone of everything they have ever done, ever said, didn't say, or didn't do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll look around the body of Christ, you can find people, you can see them right where they stopped healing. And they're stuck there. And that's, the, that's as far as they can go with the blessing, that's as far as they can go with God's purpose, and as far as they can go with God's anointing. But how many know God's looking for some people to show himself strong on their behalf? His eyes are roaming to and fro throughout all the earth. Say it with me. Here I am, Lord. You know what I used to say about that scripture? Faith is the beacon that attracts the Lord, and certainly faith pleases God. But you know what really shows him where that person is when he's running to and fro? Find somebody that loves unconditionally, and he is going to bless that person's socks off. Amen. Say it's me. But pastor, it's not easy. I didn't say it was easy. If it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Amen. But as much as lies with you, live at peace. As much as lies with whom? Yes, did you know that you could be at peace with all people, even if some of those people aren't at peace with you? Amen. And I look at um, some of the people that are around President Zelensky and just watch his spirit and mannerisms. And uh, there's a man that's facing the biggest threat in this century. And you'd never know it from his countenance or his spirit. Because even though I'm sure he's concerned and cares about his people, when he found out that the Holocaust uh, memorial was, was bombed, he just walked away and said, that's Russia. No revelation there. And arguably, I'd say he's, he's under the most pressure. When the U.S. government said, we'll fly you out, you know what he said? I don't want a ride, I want ammunition. And I just hope they give him everything that he needs. And we'll pass, you know, it's none of our business. The U.S. has no business being involved in this. Can I tell you something? Well, you say, well, you know, they're not even a NATO country. They're not... You know, he just recently joined the, the European Union. He, they're not our problem. Can I tell you something? When nations and people turn a blind eye to this, 
It's not pleasing to the Lord. It's not just what you do, it's what you don't do. So what's the point? The point is it doesn't matter if this is a NATO country. These are human beings over there. There are 15 children in a neonative intensive care unit that were killed instantly because of a, a, a bomb, you know, because of a, a rocket shot into that hospital. What is that? They don't care. They're killing children. They're killing, you know, infants are killing men, women, in the military, out of the military. So they don't care. They, they, tried to, they tried to destroy this train station and the train tracks so people couldn't get out of the town. You're dealing with a high level of wickedness here. And it shouldn't surprise us. You know, it's a, it's a you know, post-Bolshevik mindset, and he himself is a Bolshevik, and the very first tenet of their, of their belief system is there is no God. Well, guess what? God's going to show up and show himself strong. But my point is this, and nobody has to agree with me. You know, you can believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to just tell you this, that it's not about being a member of NATO. When we went in on D-Day, France wasn't a NATO member. NATO wasn't set up until 1949. Belgium wasn't NATO. The Philippines wasn't NATO. For that matter, Vietnam wasn't NATO, and Korea wasn't NATO. To pursue and, and, and fight against evil is not wrong. If you're going to fight, though, do what? Do with everything you've got. Everything you've got. Throw everything you have. Just my perspective. They're sitting over there on the other side of the Ukrainian border, and their leader's saying, we're just on training exercises, training exercises. Do we not have the right to do training exercises? Do you not do training exercises in Alaska, very near our border? I said, oh, great. I'm thinking to myself, a great thing to do right now is take Zelensky and the president, do a live conference from Kiev, and say this. Well, you know, we don't believe you, but let's just say for a fact you're telling us the truth. That's great. But if your columns come across that border, we, the free people of the world, are going to obliterate those columns. You're not getting in to those borders. But there's no worry because you said they're just on a training mission, right? What do you do with a big bully? Well, he's, he's threatened nuclear war. He has enough power to destroy the world. The United States has enough power to destroy it 24 times, 6 times, 30 times over. That's not the point. Last thing this nation needs to do is get into fear. Amen. And if that's you, you've heard a word from the Lord. That's not for you to do is get into fear. You stay in faith over this. You speak the blessing. You speak wisdom over that situation. Amen. But whether they're EU or NATO, doesn't make any difference. This nation is driven historically by a simple principle, right and wrong. And the thing that's keeping us and others at bay is a thing called what? Fear. Fear. Amen. But I heard last night that the Russians can't fly their planes in U.S. airspace and their ships can't dock at our ports. And I said to myself, self, that'll really get to Putin. That'll shut him down. He'll, he'll, he'll immediately withdraw because he can't fly planes in our airspace. Sometimes I just shake my head, and right now Kelly's saying again, stay in love, stay, stay in love, <laughs> stay in love. Here's the way you pray. 
you pray that the Holy Ghost will supernaturally quicken the mind of our president. Stop agreeing with his dementia. And I actually mean what I'm saying to you. He needs right now, and this world needs him in his right mind, making right choices. Don't make any difference what the initial is behind. You're called to pray for kings and all those in authority. It is what it is. Amen. And we're at a very, very natural dangerous place in world history. We need him to be functioning at his top capability. So let's stop confessing dementia and start confessing he has the mind of Christ. That he has a supernatural intervention in his life and and does the right thing. Amen? It's not the first time God has gotten a hold of a president in office. Amen? It surprised a lot of people. Say, I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for that person. It didn't make no difference whether you voted for him or not. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, for moments just like this. So come on, shout it out boldly. No fear here. Come on, say, no fear here. No worry here. I sure made a lot of progress on that worry message tonight, didn't I? Say, no fear here. Why? Because there's faith here. Because there is what? Love here. Amen? You can always tell who's operating in fear versus faith by what they're saying with their mouth, how they're handling people, whether they're getting healed from the wound or not. But if they're stuck and trying to draw other people into it, it tells you they're not operating in faith at all. And they're a poor example for you. Amen. So say it. No fear here. No fear here. Amen. How many can remember the worst hurt you've ever had in your life? You can remember that? Lift your hand. God didn't wipe your memory dry. I'm just simply saying, how many can remember that? Okay. Does the devil try to bring that back up to you? Does he try? Yeah, well, you just shoot it back down and say, you know what? No fear here. We're going to stay in love. Glory to God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap if you can get a hold of this tonight. Thank you, God. Amen. Sunday is uh, Communion Sunday. Make sure you're here. And uh, we just want to start out the month, you know, in his presence and in the victory and reminding ourselves that we're, we're covenant people, aren't we, church? Aren't you glad you're forgiven? Yes. Amen. And some of y'all can start praying in tongues now so that when we pass out the elements, you can open them up on Sunday, amen, with everybody else. Instead of leaving, instead of leaving covered like that and act like you're taking it because you could get the thing off. <laughs> amen, you just pray, glory to God, and Lord will help you. <laughs> but uh, it, it's never been more important for people to be in the house of God. Amen. Never been more important. Praise the Lord. So say it with me. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I'm the head and not the tail. The blessing of Abraham is mine. I'm with Christ, and Christ is his seed. I am a son. I am an heir. Aren't you getting excited about that? Amen. All because of what Jesus did for you. Amen. Now watch this. If fear is the prominent spirit right now, you have a problem with giving. And all the news out there about the economy and the inflation rate, 
If you keep taking that in, it'll produce what? Faith comes by hearing, so does fear. What does faith do? Faith can't wait to give. Faith can't wait to tithe. Faith can't wait to be faithful. Because they know what God's going to do. Amen? Oh, Pastor R, what if it goes to 10% inflation? What if gas is $5 a gallon? Well, then the Lord will increase you. You know that the blessing will work in good economy or bad economy. Up or down. Amen. I mean, think of the stupidity of us saying to the Lord, you know what, your covenant only works when the American economy is good. <laughs> Did you know that? Your, your covenant only works if the inflation rate is 1% or 2%. <laughs> say it with me, no fear here. You, you can't say no fear here, but you're terrified to be a giver. And then you're using some excuse that somebody wants your money or blah, 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 doesn't take all that, or even you've adopted the religious view, well, God didn't expect that. Listen, the tithe was a revelation given to Abraham 400 years before the law ever came. That's how faith people work. You can't have any of this fear operating in your life. Let me help you out here. How many of you believe that if you give, you're blessed? If you don't, you're missing out. Raise your hand and fundamentally you just believe that. You, you believe that God gives the you know, rights to tithers, amen, and, and blesses the sword. Watch this. Watch this. It's not just a matter of the, of the money or the resources. It's the presence of the fear. I can't give because I'm afraid. Much bigger issue than the money is what? The fear. Do you see this? God is going to help you drive out every remnant of fear in your life. Hallelujah. And you know, one of the ways that you can drive fear over giving out of your life is to what? Yeah. <laughs> is a gift. Mr. Devil, you see this check? A week ago, you would have just intimidated me not to do this. But guess what, Mr. Devil? Right in your face. Amen. Say it, no fear here. It's different for different people. Different people are encroached upon by different fears. But a lot of people are bound up in this area. So say it with me, no fear here. No fear here. Come on, say it, no fear here. No fear here. Say it again, no fear here. No fear here. 